Let's pray. Lord, we love you. I just steal my heart right now. And um, you changed my whole direction at 5 a.m. this morning, and I am not prepared, but you are. And so I have no human strength or confidence, zero. I barely have a voice, but you do. And so I, before these people, I'll, I'll be a fool for you. Your word says that you use the foolishness of preaching to confound the wise. You'll prove to everybody that each week it's really not me or Pastor Mine or another staff member. It's you that does the great work. If there's anything average or below average, it's probably because we're trusting our flesh. And so we just welcome you, Lord. Holy Spirit, empower us all. Let your word come forth with clarity. May it bring life and creative force and recreative force because we're living in a day when we need it. And it is alive. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad the word is alive? So fill us with your spirit and may your word conceive something in us that changes our world today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm beginning a series called Wait What? And you've probably heard, if you have teenagers in your house or young adults, or if you pay attention to popular culture, you probably have heard that phrase. It's a little trendy phrase. It's somewhat kind of irritating to me. Um, but it's, it's, it's like, um, are you serious? It's like, wait, what? And, like, and when my kids go, I'm like, don't tell me to wait. You heard what I said. And, but it, it, it's like, oh, hold on, time out. Run that, run that back by me one more time. Did I hear what I just thought I heard? Um, wait, what? And I see that in the scriptures. And we are living in a season of, hold on, time out, dot, dot, dot. Let me think about that. For real? Smart people in powerful places. A man can get pregnant. What? And it's, it's beyond cute and funny. The levels it's gone to now. And we're the ones being gaslighted. Time out. What? And listen to me. There's a new normal being implemented. And it's spiritually dark. And there is a spirit trying to destroy us. And, and Reagan said, it's just one generation. Freedom's dependent. It's just one generation away from extinction. And we'll find ourselves sitting around explaining to our children what it was like to live in freedom. Listen, brothers and sisters. We are in the midst of that generation. And there is a battle. And it's about more than our nation. It's about more than our way of life. And we're being gaslighted. And, and, and the, the price tags have been moved around and switched. And somebody needs a spirit, the Holy Spirit in them saying, wait, time out. Let me think. Run that back by me. That's incredulous. And we're already in a season where it's being normalized. It's the new way. We are seeing denominations and churches give way to a new gospel that is not a gospel of the Bible. And that is a dangerous place to be. 
And so this morning, as I just prayed, the Lord just changed my whole direction. And my heart is just burdened. I think the stress of the burden I'm carrying is affecting me. Pray for me. I'm wired prophetically, and you know this. And when you're wired perfect, prophetically, not every, it's not a gift that's like I'm better than. It's, it's just how God wired me. You have a spiritual gift too. And if yours is mercy or compassion, you, whatever you're, how you're wired, there's, there's a heavy side of carrying that burden too. But the heavy side of carrying a burden of prophecy, being prophetically wired, especially in this day, when you serve as a pastor, you just, you, you have to just, sometimes you have to just close your ears and go, God, I got to go to your word. I got to, what are you saying? Help me see beyond what I can see to see what you're wanting to show us. Where are we going? What are you doing? And I got to tell you, I know I run the risk every Sunday of standing up here in this new normal of sounding like an alarmist in Jeremiah and Isaiah and Habakkuk and Daniel and Zephyr. They all felt the same way. But what they said came true because God used them to warn his people. And so this morning, I want to I have no idea where that's coming. Well, yeah, I do. I know exactly where that's coming from. But that's not part of the props for this state. For those of you watching online, we just had a, an amber alert. And so if everybody would now take this wonderful opportunity and silence your cell phones, that would be glorious. I got it too. But as you'll see, notice, mine was silenced. <laughs> All right. Um, what is happening in our world, American culture, is devastating. Don't let it normalize you or let it be normalized to you. Now, I just remind you, um, in early 2020, in March, before we knew all the stuff we know now, remember what happened in March? That's when the governor, I was on a call with a bunch of other pastors, and he said, you're going to have to shut your churches down. And for those of you who were here, you may remember at the end of 2019, for some reason, I felt compelled of the Lord to fast a long time. And we called our church to it. And some of us fasted liquid only, not knowing what was coming. But thank God I'm wired prophetically. I even told Candace, I don't know why I have to do this, but I just know I can't tell the Lord no. We came off that fast. COVID began to break out and the world shut down. And I was praying in here one day, early on, before I even knew Anthony Fauci's name. And the Lord said to me, I'm about to expose everything and everyone, both good and bad. And I wasn't alarmed by that. I was comforted by that. If you're bad, then you need to be alarmed. But if you got good in you, you and you know the Lord, you go, I'm, I'm up for this. Are y'all out there? Wait, what? I got, I'm good for this. And so here we are now. And I just remind you, even the beginning of this year, the word the Lord gave us was adventure. Buckle up was the first sermon series. Going to be some sharp turns. Hold on. There are going to be moments you feel like you're dying, but you're not going to. And you're going to look back and say, that was worth it. Are y'all out there? Anybody remember that? How many of you know we're in that season where we're getting ready to look back and go, that was worth it. We got three of us. Now, 
the division we're dealing with now, racial tension, economic uncertainty, prospect of digital currency, chips in our children, sexual chaos, indoctrination of our children, pastors being arrested, injustice, political circus that we're forced to watch makes you say, wait, what? Um, this is one of the things that I just don't want you to let it be normal to you. Respected universities, Duke, North Carolina, Eastern East Carolina University. I saw this this week. Ages for starting gender transitions. Duke at two years old. UNC at four years old, or three years old. And ECU at four years old. Say it with me. Wait, what? That this is our world. And we're being told to trust the science. When none of us are scientists, but we're smart enough to know because we got the Holy Spirit in us. You're changing what the science is saying. We thought the movie, The Sound of Freedom, was something everyone should see because it is exposing demonic evil of human trafficking, kidnapping of children into sexual slavery. Then another group rises up in the last week or 10 days and says this movie is not something that Christians should support. Wait, what? And then they give a compelling reason as to why, and it's another point of contention. And so the message gets lost in the argument over whether it's good or bad. And this is playing over, over and over and over on so many different issues. And all I know is my brother-in-law, they just opened up the human trafficking recovery for minors, girls, and just this week, they've rescued six minors in Atlanta. Yeah, praise the Lord for that. But now we have a war breaking out over the movie and the message, regardless of who gets the money or who gets the credit, there's a crisis happening that's undeniable, and if they keep playing the shell game or look here or look there, the real deal doesn't get exposed. And so, brothers and sisters, I'm tempted to show you some pictures from public school textbooks, but I thought better against it. Children and grown men performing oral sex in pictures in our libraries, in our public schools. It's, it's, wait, what? And BlackRock and people in South Florida buying all the property in North Georgia and a whole neighborhood on Univetta Road in Cherokee County is being built only for rental property. And all of this stuff just begins to say, that's too much, hold on, wait a minute, time out. What's happening? This is why I, I, I want you to listen closely to what I'm saying. I'm not prepared, but I'm prepared because he's prepared. Here's the deal. When the disciples came to Jesus in Matthew 24 and he alerted them, don't be impressed with this temple. And he began to infer he was talking about the end times. And they said what we would say about the end time. What, what's it going to be like? And he said two big things. Number one, he said, first, do not be deceived. Because in the same verse, he says, many will be deceived. And then he goes on, he says, secondly, don't be alarmed because 
hear me, I'm talking to some, I'm talking to everybody. Hear me. This is why you must walk in the spirit. Jesus said, there's things I'd like to tell you that you're not ready to hear to the disciples in John 14, 16, and 17. He said, but when he, the Holy Spirit comes, he will lead you in all truth. One of the greatest things the enemy is doing right now is he is deceiving people. They're believing something is true that is not true and vice versa. And Jesus said, the first thing, see to it that you are not deceived. Many will be. See to it that you are not. Am I talking to anybody? Anybody hearing what I'm saying? This is why we welcome you, Holy Spirit. And you can't be ambivalent. Have a sideline mentality. You're a spectator. Pastor Chuck will do the heavy lifting. He'll lead us spiritually. Uh-uh. We're not there anymore. I'll do my part. And that's, that's all I can do, standing up here and telling you what I feel like the Lord would have me tell you. But you better do your part. You better say, I welcome you, Holy Spirit. Give me eyes to see, ears to hear. I want to know the truth. Are y'all out there? How many of you would say, with both hands lifted up, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to be led by the Spirit. I want to know what the Word of God says. I want to know what God is saying. I want to go where He's leading me. Come on, tell Him. I want all... What am I getting you to do this? Keep those hands up. Because the Holy Spirit comes immediately to every place He's invited. If you'll invite Him, He will take over. And it will be a good thing. It will be a powerful thing. And it's right now an imperative, essential thing right now. Come on, can we just now praise the Holy Spirit, third person of the Trinity, who leads us and guides us. Amen. Now, I want to move just for a second, and I don't know how far we'll get. But I'm going to read a couple lengthy passages of Scripture because I'm setting up the text for the series, and we will start, I'm off the next two Sundays. Next Sunday, Pastor Dylan will be preaching, and I want, I want this place filled up. I want us to support, God's doing a, a remarkable work in our next generation staff. What God, God, Dylan is growing up, has something to say right before our eyes. And, I, and the Lord spoke, bless that, give them the stage. Banks, God, 150 kids this past week, the, the light power goes off right before their service. Doggone it, they set the seats up outside, then come inside. If you're not following the well young adults on Instagram, you should. It's so encouraging. God's doing a great work in our next generation. And the next Sunday, Dr. Tim Elmore will be coming here to talk to us parents about how to raise the next generation in this season. And then three weeks from today, we'll resume this series that I'm starting. And hear me, wait what? It's gonna be, how many of you remember the This Is That series about a year and a half ago? This is, this is that 2.0. It's an update. How many of you know what we talked about a year and a half ago is outdated. So much has happened. We need another This Is That series. What is this or that? For those of you who were not here, Peter in Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit was being poured out and the disciples uh, were receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit and thousands were getting saved. The onlookers, the religious people said they're drunk. And, and listen, when God begins to do something, that's been prophesied and it doesn't fit your template. Don't call it drunkenness. Peter stood up and he goes, uh, they're not drunk like you're accusing them. This is that that the prophet Joel prophesied hundreds of years ago. Hear me, brothers and sisters. I, I'm going to be preaching starting in mid-August. I don't know how long. But if you're a student of God's word, what is happening right now 
Two years ago, you'd be gun shy to stand up here as a pastor and say, listen, we're in the end times. Four years ago, five years ago. Be like a man crying wolf, the boy that cried wolf. Right now, I'll risk my reputation, my occupation, my calling. I'll risk it all to warn people. These are the last. We are in the end times. And here's what's going to happen. This isn't going to be a fear-instilling series. We're going to see dozens, if not hundreds of people, get saved in the next two or three months at Restoration Church. Come on. Let it be, Lord. Why is that? Because when you invite your coworkers, just come. If you just get them here, the worship, his presence, and then truth. If you can just get them here, the rest won't be up to you. It'll be up to the Holy Spirit. And the, and the power of the word is going to open people's eyes. We're going to get on Facebook. We're getting ready to promote it. Our community needs to know what's happening in this church. And what's happening in this church is God is preparing. Oh, hear me, somebody. He's preparing. Listen, there is a purification process going on in some churches where God is getting it ready for him to pour out his glory. And when he does, it will be like Acts, the book of Acts. More people will get saved than we can disciple. God's getting ready to mess up the logistics of the American church where when he pours out his glory, come on, if you're going to praise him, praise him. How many of you say, let it be here, Lord. Let it be. Now, I'm getting ready to go to a, a verse of scripture, but I got to set this up in Habakkuk chapter one. Don't go there. Listen to me. There's a verse, verse five I've loved, but we, we just like Jeremiah 29, 11. In Habakkuk 1, 5, God says through the prophet, I'm getting ready to do something that if I told you, you wouldn't believe it. And then he goes on and you're like, you're right. And he talks about how he's going to use Babylon. And we all go, wow, God can reduce something. I wouldn't believe it if he told me. And we think lottery, two-week cruise in the Mediterranean, and it, that's not what God's saying. It's way better than that. Jeremiah 29, 11 is the same. We've quoted that out of context forever. Jeremiah 29, 11, the prophet goes, um, I know speaking first person for God, God says, I know the plans I have for you. They're not to harm you. They're good. They're to prosper you, to give you a future and a hope. And the next verse, he talks about how he's going to use Babylon. You're like, well, that's not the plan I had for me. That's not a plan of prosperity. But here's the deal. We're in one of those seasons where God's going like, don't be shook. Be sincere. Pay attention. What did he say? Be sober. Be vigilant. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be. Don't just run off and get your kids married and not pay attention. Are y'all out there? So it will be in the days that the Lord returns. And so in Habakkuk, Habakkuk is the only prophet he was known for questioning God three times. His name means he embraces, semicolon, a wrestler. We talked about Jacob, remember? One, he got his name changed to Israel. He wrestled with God. This is Habakkuk, just three short chapters. And in it, he asks four questions. Number one, and these are the questions we're asking. Please pay attention. God, where are you when I need you? Number two, God, why do bad things happen to good people? Number three, why do good things keep happening to bad people? Anybody asked that recently? And God, lastly, will I make it through this trial? These are the questions we're asking now. What I'm getting ready to do, no pastor in his right mind does. 
But aren't you glad you got one in his left mind? Um, I'm gonna, we're going to read the whole first chapter. And I'm going to read the whole second chapter if we have time. But I want you to pay attention. The Lord woke me up and changed. If you're a pastor, you hate when God does this. Just You've studied, marinated. You're like, God, I'm walking in the Spirit. Why didn't you tell me on Tuesday this studying was irrelevant? It's going to be for some other time. I think God does that sometimes even to people like me to go, be flexible. I'm in charge. And I want you to depend on me. Y'all out there? Now, in Habakkuk chapter 1, let's start it. It says, this is the message that the prophet Habakkuk received in a vision. Now, verse 2, do you, does it, do you have verse 2 where it says, look at the top of it, Habakkuk's complaint. Don't you love that? How long, O oh Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? Violence is everywhere. I cry, but... You do not come to save. Oh, God, hear our hearts. Must I forever see these evil deeds? Why must I watch all this misery? Wherever I look, I see destruction and violence. I am surrounded by people who love to argue and fight. Golly. The law has become paralyzed. And there is no justice in the courts. The wicked far outnumber the righteous so that justice has become perverted. Now look at the Lord's reply, verse 5. The Lord replied, look around at the nations. Okay. Look and be amazed. For I am doing something in your own day, something you wouldn't believe even if someone told you about it. Hold on. Verse 6, I am raising up the Babylonians. Wait, I thought you were doing something that was so good we wouldn't believe it if you told us. As if they didn't know, God says, you know, the Babylonians, cruel and violent people. Oh, yeah, we know who they are. They will march across the world and conquer other lands. They are notorious for their cruelty and do whatever they like. Their horses are swifter than cheetahs and fiercer than wolves at dusk. Their charioteers charge from far away. Like eagles, they swoop down to devour their prey. The imagery, the parallelism here is uncanny. On ver verse 9, on they come, all bent on violence. Their hordes advance like a desert wind, sweeping captives ahead of them like sand. Habakkuk responds, he complains again. Oh Lord, my God, my Holy One, you who are eternal, surely you do not plan to wipe us out. Oh Lord, I rock. You have sent these Babylonians to correct us, to punish us for our many sins, but, but you are pure and cannot stand the sight of evil. Look, look at this. Will you wink at their treachery? Should you be silent while the wicked swallow up people more righteous than they? Are we only fish to be caught and killed? Are we only sea creatures that have no leader? Must we be strung up on their hooks and caught in their nets while they rejoice and celebrate? Then they will worship their nets and burn incense in front of them. These nets are the gods who have made us rich, they will claim. Will you let them get away with this forever? Wait, why God? Will they succeed forever in their heartless conquests? Does anybody feel the heaviness of Habakkuk's heart? Anybody feel like he wrote this last night? We laugh because, wow, the word is alive. Habakkuk 2. I will climb up. Don't miss this. This picture of intercessory prayer. Here's what I'll do. I will climb up 
to my watchtower and stand at my guard post. Some translations say ramparts. There I will wait to see what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint. Could I just pause one second and say, if we could fill this place up with people who pray, we will see the promises of the Lord fulfilled. I believe still God is waiting for the church to, to find her place in praying. Are y'all out there? Let us be a house of prayer in, at Restoration Church. Everybody's invited every Tuesday from 6 to 7 p.m. Worship and prayer. And we don't gather and talk or teach about prayer. We gather and pray. This church is built on prayer. Somebody say amen. The prayer is the engine of the church. This church and every biblical church, prayer is the engine. Somebody say amen. Verse 2, the Lord's second reply. Then the Lord said to me, write my, all right, here it is. I'm getting ready to tell you. Are you, you got your pencil ready? We've used this and quoted this out of context often too. The Lord said to me, write my answer plainly on tablets so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. I just... Keep it simple and pure so that others can tell others what I'm saying. Verse 3, this vision is for a future time. It describes the end and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. Look at the proud. They trust in themselves and their lives are crooked. And hear this, the New Testament quotes this three times. But the righteous will live by their faithfulness to God. Let me make it simple so you'll recognize it. The righteous, the just, shall live by faith. This is what God says. And so often you'll hear me in worship or prayer say, let faith arise. We walk by faith and not by sight. Um, I got to move on, but in a few weeks, we're going to break down the rest of this passage. But everybody listen. What's the word I'm saying to you? There's about three things, and I'll sum them up at the end. The first one is don't be deceived. You must be filled with the Spirit, or you will miss, and many are. You will miss what God's doing. The second thing I'm saying this to you this morning as we start this series, wait, What? The righteous live by faith. You walk by faith and not by sight. If you walk in your, this is Pastor Mike Atkins right now coming out of me, him saying, Lord, as he prays for me often, Mike Atkins will say, Lord, you have what I don't. You know what I don't. You can do what I can't. Now do it. Show it. Speak it. And that's what it is right now. If you live in the flesh, people are going to drop like flies in these days and are if you walk and let your soul dictate what you do. Is anybody picking up what I'm putting down this morning? This is why you're, how you think, how you feel, and, and the choices you make, which how you think and how you, how you think, determines how you feel. How you think and feel determines how you make decisions. And they're not going to be good ones. Your soul has got to get out of the driver's seat back in the last row in an infant car seat locked in there. And you got to let the Holy Spirit get in the driver's seat of your life. Y'all picking up? Come on, just, just tell the Lord again, Holy Spirit, take over. And don't, don't be fearful what, what the Holy Spirit takes over. I'm going to be shouting at Walmart. No, you're not. You probably, Holy Spirit won't let you go to Walmart. <laughs> this, this is the taboo things, the new normal. And for 35, 40 years, we've asked the Holy Spirit to not show up on Sunday mornings because you're like the crazy uncle at the family reunion that embarrasses us. That's not who he, the Holy Spirit is. 
We want, if he doesn't come, we're wasting our time. Oh, is anybody, I'm, 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 I'm being built up right now. I sense the Holy Spirit in this room. I sense the life-giving presence of Holy Spirit in this room. Anybody else sense it? Listen, you're going to need to become sensitive to that because the news will make you go, wait, what? So much that you will be so tempted to get in your flesh and to walk and hate the president and hate, I can't stand her voice. You got to walk in the spirit because what Pastor Munn taught us on Wednesday night from 1 Timothy what if we started praying for and we let God do it? It'd be worth watching, I guarantee you that. Because we just read what God says I'm going to do. Are y'all out there? In Jesus' name. Now, I just say it, Romans 1.17, Galatians 3.11, and I don't have time to read it. Hebrews, 13, uh, Hebrews 10, 36-39, where the writers say, Live by faith, live by faith, live by faith. Now, here's how I want to close this morning. Um, I have felt like, please listen closely. This is so important to us as a church family. Um, you know I'm kind of unorthodox. And I don't like play by the rules because I don't think, I think tradition and religion can get so... You can have a form of godliness, but no power. And so I, all summer I've wanted to preach on why we say the ironic blessing at the end of every service. Because I want you to get it. Um, the high priest Aaron and his sons, Moses said, in this transition, you're going to have to regularly tell the people. As an intermediary, as a representative of God, you're going to have to remind the people, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. And God says in that last verse, verse 27, it says, and then, and I will give them peace. Are y'all hearing me? I know this is unorthodox and I'm moving from preaching to teaching. But so when we stand at the, some often in one service or the other, and sometimes both, I am moved to tears. And I'm moved to tears because if you've never preached, you don't want to, but when you preach and your humanity gets filled with his divinity, you sit back and go, God, I don't know if they know it. This isn't me speaking. This is you speaking. And may they receive it, not like from me, but from you. And you got to understand, everybody listen, please. So in a, in a world that's in the end times, chaos everywhere, and you're in a church that doesn't play games or just do transitional kind of cutesy things, there's, I want no form of religion. We want the Holy Spirit. We want life happening. We don't do goofy transitions and we're, we just, we have church here. And so when I stand, you have to understand to an ancient Hebrew, words spoken took on a life of their own and they still do. This is why the writer, uh, Proverbs said, Proverbs 18, 21, the power of life and death is in the tongue. You're created in the image of God. You're a spirit. You're not a, a physical being who has temporary spiritual experiences. You're a spiritual being right now having a temporary physical experience that could last 90 years, but it's temporary. Y'all out there? You, so you're created in the image of God. And when you speak, your children know this without knowing it. This is why this week we've had opportunity to be with our grandchildren, a few of them, all three of them. And I'll whisper in their ear things. 
just like I did their mommy or their dad. I would say things just as a child when they were infants. You're going to be a mighty man of valor. God's going to use you. They had no clue what I was saying, but their spirit did. And um, the power of words. The Bible said in Hebrews 11, God, you framed the world by your word. You spoke and things happened. You said, let there be. And we're created in your image. Mary in Luke 1, just bear with me. In Luke 1, Mary, an angel shows up and he sees on her face. She's scared. It's the way it always happens when an angel showed up. They weren't precious moments, cutesy little feel-good teddy bears. They were angels from heaven in the natural realm. And Mary was afraid. And the angel said, don't be afraid. I bring you good news. You're going to conceive and give birth to the Messiah. That was a stretch. That was a, wait, what? Time out. How? I know me. I'm a virgin. How's that going to happen? It's impossible. And the angel goes, oh, that's easy. She said, I'm, I'm Mary. I'm a virgin. He said, I'm Gabriel. I just came from heaven. Holy Spirit's going to overshadow you. I don't have time to break that down. God's going to do something in you that's so great. They don't, your friends only notice what God's doing, and they won't even notice you. God wants to do that in some people. And, and he reminds her, you're going to give birth to the Messiah. You're going to conceive. And this child will be conceived by the Holy Spirit. And then she says, I'm, I'm your servant. I'm the Lord's servant. So may it be unto me according to your word. Hear this. She says, I receive that. And sometime right after she said that, we don't know how much, without having intercourse, the Holy Spirit conceived in her. Why? Because she said, I receive it. This, the power, and it's in that, the next verse or two, the angel says, for nothing will be impossible with God. And you've heard me, teach this, but I need this to be in your DNA. You need it to be in your DNA, on your hard drive. You need to be able to recall this. When the Bible says, for nothing is impossible with God, it's a very poor translation. It literally says something like this in the Greek, the original language. For the word that God speaks has an inherent power to fulfill what God says. Him just saying it, if it gets received, it'll happen. Y'all out there. Here's another. We could go all through Scripture. So the disciples are in the middle of the night, scared to death, in a storm. Jesus comes walking across the water, and they think he's a ghost. Another great sermon here. Sometimes in a storm, the way God moves in your life is spooky. You wouldn't believe it if he told you. And the Bible says they thought it was a ghost. Jesus realizing said, don't be afraid. It's me. And good old son, he said, if it's you, tell me to come. And Jesus said one word, come. And are you listening? So that word has the power to fulfill itself if Peter receives it. And the Bible says, Jesus said, come. And all of a sudden, now the water is concrete. He can walk on that. The power of the blessing at the end of these services. Sometimes I'm moved to tears because I'm wired prophetically. I can sense what's coming in the world. And so when I stand and look across this audience in both services and I say, the Lord bless you and keep you. That is, the Lord bless you and keep you. That's protection. 
because you're going to need it in a COVID crazy world. Can I get a witness? The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. That's favor. How many of you know you're going to need it to keep your job when they start trying to, or you to make, are y'all out there? Are y'all, are you really out there? You're going to need favor. And then the Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. That's protection, favor, peace. You need that in 2023. And what you've heard me talk about, that Aaron saying that the Lord lift his countenance upon you. Hear me, hear me, hear me. That is you having the ability to see God when he sees you. When Candace's children see her when she first sees them, that is a moment that can tell you in a split second how much she loves them. If you can see God when he sees you, you know, when somebody walks in the room, that's, that's what worship is. It's Pastor Armo and the worship team trying to get you to see God on Sundays going, and that will give you peace. And hear me, peace is not the absence of conflict. Peace is, P-E-A-C-E, is no P-I-E-C-E. You're not fractured. You're not fractions. You are whole, even in the midst of craziness. Anybody picking up what the Holy Spirit's putting down? So stand up, brothers and sisters. I want to say it to you. Again, number six. So when I say it from verses 22 to 29, but it's 24 to 27, I think, it's where you'll see the, the, the blessing that Moses told Aaron to speak over the people. And every week, I remember, if you don't do anything, on Sundays, worship the Lord. And at the end of this time, always say, I receive it. May it be unto me according to your word. Because it's me saying this, everybody, last thing. I know I'm nothing special. None of us are, and what we say is not all that special unless we are speaking what God has spoken or is present tense speaking. Are y'all out there? And so when I say the Lord bless you and keep you, the Lord make his face shine upon you. The Lord three be gracious. Lord lift his countenance up on you and give you peace. And you say, not to me, but to him, to his word. I receive it. In receiving that, let the Holy Spirit conceive something that drives out fear and anxiety. Let, and it'll stretch you. That's what being pregnant does. But God births something through you that changes the world around you. Hallelujah. Can we just lift our hands right now? Just praise the Lord and receive his word. We magnify you, Jesus. Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Praise your name, Jesus. sing amen amen is so be it i receive that
crazy season you are finding yourselves in. Brothers and sisters, we were born for such a time as this. Our faith was designed for this season. And his church in the last days will go out in glory, not in shame or fear. So let the miracles, let the signs and wonders come in the mighty name of Jesus we pray. Come on, somebody say amen. 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 As you leave, turn and tell two or three people around you, the Lord bless you in Jesus' name.